Montana Sportsbook. Well, just like game one, uh, the Oilers <laughs> get absolutely dominated again. Uh, this series has been a story of blowouts, and in Game 3, the Oilers lose by a score of 5-1 to one to the Vegas Golden Knights. Never really in it, not even close. Outside of 10-minute stretch, maybe at the beginning of the first period, the Oilers were always the second team. The effort was non-existent tonight. Vegas was at better in every single aspect of the game. The Oilers were pretty much dominated, and you know Leon Dreisaitl can only score so many goals. He's not going to score four every single night. Um... And yeah, you know, it is what it is. They get a, I guess, one of the positives, they get a depth goal. Um, there's a couple more positives, I guess, we can kind of take away, maybe if we really look really, really close as we go throughout the game. But yeah, it's a lot of them. definitely a really tough one. Now, again, I will say, because of the trials and tribulations that we went on, the ups and downs throughout the season, the ups and downs of round one, the losing of game one in this series, I still... Don't feel that nervous, to be honest with you. Uh, I saw a couple people talking about how the Oilers, they haven't been home in a significant amount of time. They haven't been home since game, before Game 6 against LA. They were on the road for a long time in a different time zone. Uh, you know, you tend to lay a stinker when you get back from a long road trip, and that, I feel like, is what happened. Obviously, both teams are on the road, and even though those were on the road for longer. Uh, there, there definitely is a number of factors at play, but again... Just like game one, and I know it's two stinkers close together, and that's not something we necessarily really expect from the uh, from the from the Oilers. I still don't feel that bad going into game four. Dennis, how about yourself? Look, if you asked any Oilers fan after the end of game two, and you say, "All right, well, uh, we're gonna have the same scoreline, but it's gonna be flipped over," it it wouldn't make a lot of sense because the Oilers were so dominant in that second game and everything that they did right, all the effort that they put in, all the positives that we had to say during the last show, none of that showed up. The only thing I can think of is, like you said, in early on in the game, there was a little bit of contribution in depth. But yeah, this was an ugly one. There's, there's not a lot that you can really draw out and learn from in this game i think this is this is a game where you have to scrap it and it sucks that it happened in round two of the playoffs but you got to scrap it and like you said show up in game four they had a hard bounce back in game in game two and i expect the same in game four uh let's just say i want to say what's up to everyone in chat uh lauren williamson the host of game over toronto says tough loss to us man we don't if there's one fan base that that does shouldn't be giving us, uh, uh, you know, sympathies for tough losses. It's probably Leafs fans, but you know what? I appreciate it. Robin Malloy says, "Welp as well." We got Chemo Man, Loney's a Lion, Lurker Lieutenant. A lot of names I actually don't recognize. So thank you for joining oh, us. Tyler Throw, MGD. I saw Black Massacre up there. David W. Thanks for joining us. We got sixty-four people watching now. Hit the like button. Really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, definitely, Look, Zach. One thing I got to do before we jump into it, Dennis, I just got to give the ad read a quick, a quick read there before we, we keep going, just so <laughs> I don't forget. Get in on the action and make your bet with sports interaction. Every hit, every shot, every goal from all your favorite teams and players like Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, but you know, not tonight. Uh, with competitive odds, the best live in play and more ways than ever to get into the game like Minute Madness our exclusive game with so many opportunities to win by the minute. Download the app in Ontario, use the QR code you see at the bottom of the screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN 
to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right, Dennis, before I cut you off, what were you going to say? No, I was I was going to segue into it. Um, yeah, like it, it's tough, you know. This was not a game where you could really foresee it happening. You, if you told someone that, hey, like Brossois, he's been pretty good coming into this first couple of games. You know, obviously Leon's gotten the better of him, and instead, you know, hey, Hill's going to play the majority of tonight's game. He's going to be perfect on the night. You wouldn't be able to predict that if you oh, were okay. making a bet. Can I just say something? When Hill went into the game, I literally wrote on my notes, I expect Aiden Hill to go god mode. We just know how Oilers are against those kind of goalies. Aiden Hill actually, I believe, has been, when he's healthy this year, actually been relatively good for Vegas and has stealing games in the past. Uh, Yeah, Hill, Hill played really good. Hill played really good, but the Oilers did not challenge him at all. Exactly. All the shots from the outside, all the shots are from Bouchard and Nurse in their muffins. Oh, maybe not a couple of Bouchard shots, but like they weren't challenging. There were no slot shots. There were no cross crease passes. Every odd man rush they were flubbing. This is again, this is one of those things. Yes, Vegas played good defensively. You gotta credit them. Cassidy, uh Bruce Kerlock pointed out that Vegas shifted from a one-two-two in the neutral zone to a one-four, brought back the trap, completely stifled Edmonton's breakout early on in the game. And you saw the sticks and lanes. Edmonton was flubbing every odd man rush. Dry sidle, it looked like. Never mind complaining about a Vander Kane's passing. It looked like Dry Sidle couldn't make a pass for a lot of this game right like so that just tells you how uncharacteristic it is that's why there's a lot of things again very easy to clean up you look at vegas's th- first three goals all right in front of the net like blatant 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 the responsibility of a, one of the defensemen cody cc one of the worst which is crazy to say probably one of the worst games he's played as as an oiler just horrible the first goal can't hold the puck in at the ozone what else is new goes back everything goes wrong in the defensive zone you know, Cody CC's to blame. At least I blame him for that one. Darnell Nurse, what was he doing on the second goal or on the Eichel goal? Um, I mean, look, it's it's going to happen when you mention some of these earlier on goals. There, there were obviously some Oilers fans claiming that, hey, like Yamamoto's high stick from Eichel, that took him out of the play. That led to a bit of a, a odd man rush the other way um it was a redirection hard to stop for skinner but guys like if you look at the actual game itself other than that first handful of minutes the Oilers just were clearly not skating to the caliber of the vegas golden knights tonight on the board battle side of things they were not digging the pucks like they did in game two they just didn't have the same level of physicality the same level of speed and you're right maybe it is partly that fact that they got home just after a huge huge road trip stayed in la after that series was over maybe that sort of creature comfort got into them maybe that led them to be a little bit softer but it's it's too much of a gap well, okay. to pin it on that. Oh, in my mind. I, I agree. And I, and that was just something I saw someone point out and I'm like, okay, I see a little bit of that, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, you expect a lot better of an effort in game four. Everyone's talking about the CC nurse pair again, that I don't 
know whether or not you consider that the top pair um in terms of line i don't have the line matches in front of me but in terms of quality and competition like echo and bouchard and nurse cc i feel like it's pretty split who gets the better matchups or gets the higher quality of competition uh on it a night-to-night basis but no well you I agree with you you can't Both win good you cannot win with Nurse and CeCe being on the ice for three goals against. Absolutely brain-dead plays from both of them consistently throughout the night. CeCe cannot pass the puck at all. Every play he makes is icing. It's not holding the zone. It's It looks like he's bobbling. He reminds me a lot of Justin Hall, to be honest with you. Like, it's just atrocious play. Every time the guy's on the ice, the first two shifts, he was absolutely garbage. It's un- unacceptable. You can't, you you can't have your defense playing like this, right? The Oilers are the one of the biggest weak points on the Oilers is that right side of the defense. Evan Bouchard, again, been phenomenal, been outstanding, been one of, if not the best defenseman in the playoffs. He had probably his weakest game in a long time tonight, right? When your yeah. right side already is two weak links and and CC and Deharnay, who I actually thought had a decent game tonight, Deharnay, finally, this was a bounce back from Vinny, but you can't have all three of your right defensemen make plays like they did tonight. And then Look, obviously Nurse just completely. I'm, I'm going to say, like, I don't think this was a good showing by the Ekholm Bouchard pairing, either you're right. Nurse Cece had a rough game. Deherney was okay. I I just think that this entire game, I don't want to pin it on any of the defensemen because this system that we've talked about in the past, in game one, game two, when the forecheck is is intense, when guys are coming back to just try and support the defense, when the goaltender is a little bit hot, maybe you know, and I don't want to pin any of this on Skinner either because he played really well for the first period. I thought we would have come out of the first period down a couple more. But you look at it, and I think this was maybe one of Ekholm's worst games as an Oiler. I think Bouchard had plenty of mistakes. Broberg, for some reason, I was drawn a lot of the times when Broberg was handling the puck. I noticed it. And even though he didn't make a whole lot of mistakes per se, nothing super obvious, the play didn't really go anywhere. There was a lot of interceptions, a lot of pucks that ended up in people's skates. Not just from Broberg, but for the entirety of the game. So I think if you look at all of our defensemen, there's definitely problems. Sorry. It's a a systems-based thing, I think. This is... Not one I would pin on just the defenseman alone. Well, I'm gonna. I will say, just like that, that that Echo and Bouchard pair. Uh, they they've been so strong for the Oilers for so many nights, right? And you saw it later on in the third period. And I know the game was lost at this point, but like Echo makes a very uncharacteristic turnover, right? right. That stuff you just don't see normally. Now, one of the hot positives, like you said, Philip Broberg's name. In a game where your team is absolutely dominated, Philip Broberg was on the ice for uh, just under 10 minutes, 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, the Oilers outshot the Knights 6-2 to two when Philip Broberg was on the ice. I thought Philip, again, because the Knights shifted back to that game one strategy, it was 4-check, 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 4-check. And if the Oilers' heads aren't screwed on and those and those defensemen are playing at the peak of their abilities, they will crumble under the 4-check. CC specifically. Nurse did a better job tonight. I thought Kulak... Or, sorry... Deharnay did a better job tonight, and I thought Kulak was good, but Nurse, CeCe, even Bouchard to a similar extent, except, you know, some of that forecheck you saw early on in the game, it's cross-checked in the head. Like, that's technically on the forecheck, but whatever. Yeah. And, and he gives up the puck, and Vegas gets a scoring chance. But 
The speed of Philip Robick, you saw him bring it around. You saw him make some really good outlet passes later in the game. I mm-hmm. really, 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 and I, these were the, it's, I think the same, and I know. After game one, we saw the adjustments that Jay Woodcroft made. He didn't go to Holloway. He didn't go to 12 and 6 and play Broberg on the right. He just went back to what he was doing the whole time. And because this game to me was so similar to the effort uh, you got in game one, minus the four goals from Leon Drysaddle, I expect that the adjustments he's going to be going to make are going to be relatively similar uh, at least lineup wise to the ones that he made going into game two. So I would love to see Holloway. I would love for Broberg to play more. I just don't think those are necessarily realistic to happen. Um, just based on the precedent that Woodcroft has set in the past. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's I, that. If you think about it too, right. If, if you're going with the 11 and seven, and I, I think that we talked about in the past, 11 and 7 just suits this team a little bit more when you have those dynamic guys up front. You can play them a little bit longer and they're usually fine with it. It sucks when you go down a forward and you're suddenly playing 10 and 7, but you know that happened in uh, game 1 with Yanmark. Mm-hmm. I think this 11 and 7 setup still gives them the best sort of recourse. And Vincent DeHarnay has played better. Like, obviously, game two was a lot better. Game three, he's one of the better defensemen out there tonight. And if you look at how physical game two was, do you really want to take DeHarnay out? Even if he's not, you know, as long as he's not bleeding chances Mm -hmm. in the defensive zone, you keep him in there just in case you need to get him out there for a scrum. You have a little bit of a game that's getting a little too chippy, maybe one that's already a bit more secure and you just want to kill minutes. You throw DeHarnay out there with, you know, Kane and Bukestad and you say, all right, have fun, Vegas. Look at look at our gigantic wall of flesh. Are you going to try and tackle these guys, all, all of them? No, right? Mm-hmm. That's why DeHarnay has his position right now. Um is it is it fair to say is it fair for dylan holloway who's obviously one of the black aces deserves time because he honestly he's could make a huge difference to this offense well well some of the other things are at work here you just look at again the speed vegas went to an even more of a trap style in the neutral zone i think you saw signs of that early on because early on right away donald nurse tries to go for the stretch pass Picked off in the neutral zone by Vegas Golden Knight. Leon Drysaddle goes for a longer pass in the neutral zone. Picked off by Vegas Golden Knight. You could see the adjustment that they made really early on. The Oilers weren't getting the same open looks in the neutral zone. They weren't didn't have the same opportunity to transition the puck. That really showed Vegas was able to hold on to the puck for long stretches at 5-on-5, which is their game plan, essentially. It's hold on to the puck, hold on to the puck, hold on to the puck, wait for the Oilers to make a mistake, and you got uncharacteristic mistakes from guys tonight that nor- didn't, don't normally make those type of mistakes. Like, you just want to look at the high-danger scoring chances when the player was on the ice. Like, Evan Bouchard was on the ice for five high-danger chances for the Oilers at 5-on-5, but he was on the ice for six nights, ones against. Ekholm being on the ice for six uh, nights chances against as well. The the one that really stands out to me though, the one of the guy that's, that's struggling, uh, it was really 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 apparent tonight. Uh, along with two other guys who we'll get into a little bit later. But man, Evander Kane on the ice for three high danger chances for seven against, especially when you're on the ice primarily with McDavid and Drysaddle, not acceptable. The play from Evander Kane has just been absolutely horrible. He made himself, he made a statement kind of later on in game two, had the quote that everyone loved after the game, but then tonight just kind of retreated back to that 
cannot make a pass for the life of him. His passing frustrates me more than any other Oiler. Like, consistently, consistently, consistently. If there was a 99% likelihood he'll complete a 5-foot pass and there was a Vegas Golden like 10 feet away, he's going to hit the Vegas Golden Knight with that pass. It's unbelievable how bad he is at passing. Like, I'm, I'm sorry to be blunt about it, but genuinely 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 he is and, atrocious and he's on and he gives up so much defensively when he's on the ice that he's just it's not worth it right now and then kind of to a lesser extent ryan eugene hopkins as well is really really fighting it and here's what i don't understand from from woodcroft's perspective right you look at your top two lines tonight and they weren't good you know you see leon mcdavid kane they're they're not producing at all like they're your top line should looking at those names so why not go back to zach hyman with dry and mcdavid because that has worked in the past and let's be honest you're not you're not taking hyman away from an, a productive line as well rnh with hyman and sometimes bukestad sometimes a couple other guys like that that line isn't really working either. So if you're it definitely is, and they got eaten alive in the first period. They were the reason they were on the ice for both goals against in the first period. So if you're Woodcroft, why not shuffle it up a little well, bit? Nuge is drowning. Nuge is drowning. It, I like the adjustment Woodcroft made to go five v five. Looney's the rogue says Woodcroft got out coached. I don't agree with that necessarily. I think Cassidy made really good adjustments, but we've seen Woodcroft just respond to those adjustments. So let's wait and see. It's a seven game series again. Also says Kane needs a oh, suspension for one game for the cross check to the face of Petrangelo that happened right at the end of the first period. And that kind of goes into the ref talking that we we're talking about before. Not at all a one-game suspension. I mean, Sam Bennett got a $5,000 fine for cross-checking someone in the head. Probably way more blatant. I think Kane genuinely... I don't know if he meant to or not. I think it was stupid on his it part. It was stupid. But, like, okay, how did <laughs> like, cross-check Bouchard in the head behind the neck? Like, are we really going to go... I, I don't know. I think that's enough to play. I think it's a two-minute penalty. Um and you kind of move on with with that. But here, yeah. let's like the, what's going to be a conversation. We can talk about it for 5 minutes before we get into the play of Nugent Hopkins or whatever. It's going to be the talk of the it's going to be the, uh, the the what happened with the refereeing in the first period. Now, again, the Oilers effort, their neutral zone play, their lack of, you know, possession and chances and just domination in the offensive zone. The Oilers weren't able to play their game. Vegas completely dominated every aspect. That's why they lost. Now, with that being said, not mutually exclusive the refs can also be poor as well and if you look at happened in the first period essentially when the oilers did have momentum because vegas did start that well which i think you can expect uh coming off the loss that they did um there were a number of plays like you had nick hag neon nizak hyman who clearly got hurt on that play like he was not yeah. the same for the rest of the game you had Two blatant high sticks, the one on McLeod, which they deemed to follow through, even though it was 25 seconds after the play, whatever. But the one that makes the Oilers fans the most mad is it's a 1-1 game. Drysettle had just hit two posts. The Oilers were getting some chances early on. And Yamamoto on, on the forecheck gets high stick by Jack Eichel. Blatantly high stick. Rest side. Very clearly. Play, play on. Puck goes the other way in the back of the Edmonton net. That there. Game management, the other's power play, too dominant. You saw the power plays were 4 nothing for Vegas later on in the game. Edmonton had one 30-second power play. Then, you know, to make it look more even, you got to call with three minutes left and nothing slew foot on McDavid. Whatever. Like, you look at it, right? Like, that one, sure. Like, 
it was a very late games over already type of power play. But if yeah, and you take that out, the previous power play that they always had were like 36 seconds or something like that. It was silly, right? Essentially, the refs did not call a very consistent game. You you pushed on that Yamamoto one, which uh, I had mentioned earlier on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like the Yamamoto high stick from Eichel led directly to a goal the other way. It was an odd man rush situation going back. So I don't really want to you know, target Skinner with any of that. The issue there is afterwards in the second period, and I can't remember who instigated. Um, oh, no, it was... Um, it was Fogel. I think Fogel ended up high sticking White Cloud in the middle of the ice, kind of in front of uh, the slot area. Yeah, there was a high stick with Fogel and then the coincidentals of Yamamoto and Stone. Yeah, so yeah. You, you look at that one and you go, okay, well, if you if you deemed the Yamo one from Michael not with intent or whatever, so it's not a high stick, which that's not how it's supposed to be written. You look at Fogel one and you go, okay, well, same sort of situation. Fogel's just going, he's he's going for the puck. He's not having as much of control of his stick as you'd like. And therefore he hits White Cloud in the head. I just found it in my notes. He hits him in the head and then the, the refs call it. So the lack of consistency in the refing, we've talked about that in the past. If you're consistent, even if you're calling a lot or you're not calling a lot, it's fine for the players because the players will adapt. They'll play a certain way. The way that this game was called from the beginning in the first period and in the second and third period was just very inconsistent. And afterwards, you mentioned it. You give the Oilers a power play when it's 5-1. There's like four minutes left in the game or something like that. It really doesn't matter. It's purely to make you look better on your, on your scorecard afterwards as a ref. Yeah, exactly. We still got 65 people watching. We only got 17 likes. So if you guys want to go ahead, hit that like button. We'd really appreciate it. We're also raising money for the alphabet sports collective. So if you guys want to go uh, in the chat, in the description, there's information about the alphabet sports collective. So go take a look at that. We'd really appreciate it. But yeah, tractor Dave kind of says they didn't forecheck. They didn't back check. They gave them open ice. No one played tight. They did the opposite of what the game to ask yourself why i don't agree with you that the nhl is fixed uh but i will say you you kind of hit the nail on the head everything that they did right in game two they did completely wrong in game three they just reverted exactly back to that game one thing it, every single play to a t you saw the oilers come out and they don't score on the power play it's even better they get a depth goal warren fogel ryan mcleod Derek brown have been one of the best lines of the playoffs they've been constantly dominating possession in the offensive zone fogel finally gets off the schneid mcleod fogel and, and ryan were some one of the few lines that i th- or oilers that i th- thought played really good uh besides brett kulak on the back end who has just had an outstanding playoffs but you just you just if they're your best players at the end of the day that doesn't matter and right just like game one right after you score a minute later You'd like a save, but right left all alone in front. Jonathan Marsh sort of smash away. No one takes the guy. Cody Cece, what are you doing? Uh, And and Vegas ties it up, right? It's not even just the fact that, you know, you're not taking the guy. They're not trying to clear the puck either. They just completely lose sight of the puck. They're not clearing bodies. They're not clearing the puck. Skinner is stuck in this weird situation where even if you see the puck, it's there. It's in someone's legs, your teammates legs. What do you do? Do you pounce on it and try and cover it up? Like you might knock over your own guy. 
Skinner, I thought early on, like, again, again, I blame the defense on those goals early. Like, again, you clear the front of the net, you allow Skinner to find the puck and tie it up. You you get the puck exactly. out of there. You don't let it sit there. You don't let Vegas hack and whack and smash in the crease for 25 seconds until it goes in. Because that was a consistent theme tonight. All of the goals, there were just defensive breakdowns all over this. From your best defensemen, they were making stupid, stupid, stupid plays. Plays that don't happen. These are plays that you see in video and you can clean up. But again, for these guys, we're we're getting we're kind of getting to the midway point of the series there. That there's not going to be a lot of runway to keep having this good game, bad game streak here. You got to clean it up, and you got to keep it clean. Now, Sk- I agree, Looney's in the in in the road. Skinner was left out to dry uh, quite a bit in the first period. Let's look at the first period specifically. First goal would have liked to save there. Obviously, I still am going to blame the defenseman before I blame uh, Stuart Skinner. Um, I. It's tough to say. Stuart Skinner, again, I thought he played really well. He kept the Oilers in it after one. If it wasn't for Stuart Skinner, it feels like the game would have been out of reach at that point already, right? Um, Looking at the yeah. first period's goals, though, I don't think either of those I would really put on Skinner, like you said. The second period ones, maybe, but I disagree. If you're if you're saying that the first period ones were ones that you know Skinner should have had, you know, I I, I disagree. I think it is the defenseman that yeah. clearly made mistakes. And on the second goal from Vegas, it was that situation where Yamo was taken out of the play. Suddenly, you got free guys that are just going backwards, and no one's back checking. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough to pin either of those on Skinner. But again, you look at at the end of the day when we go go and pinpoint and dissect each and every individual goal, Skinner finishes with an 826. I did feel like the pull was a little weird. Woodcroft was kind of you clearly yeah. was chasing he was chasing the magic from that LA game. Didn't help that you again two more defensive breakdowns you kind of get saved the four on four you let you're pushing for offense vegas converts they're called the goals called back uh goaltender interference which kind of got a little bit lucky there because it was slightly soft uh yeah a little but then <laughs> right after chandler stevenson puts it in on almost identical play like jack campbell it's a you know consistent theme with him all the time uh similar to mike smith just always on his stomach in desperation mode just consistently on his stomach oh, yeah. I think the that's to blame for both of those the the goalie interference no goal and that actual five one goal, but mm. for both plays as well, that's where I'm seeing you know I'm saying Ekholm and Bouchard didn't have their greatest games either because for both of those goals, like you don't want to pin blame on Bouchard either because he is a younger guy you don't want to put too much pressure on him but he just got outworked just like the entirety of the team yeah. he got outworked trying to get a handle on that puck yeah. and on one hand it was uh martinez i think that got the the oh. no goal and then the stevenson one again we one. can again we can sit here and dissect each and every individual goal and say that was his fault that wasn't his fault that kind of was his fault but phil landry nails it on the head essentially skinner is sub 890 in the playoffs has to be better or we aren't moving on and i said that to avery last show because again we can say okay it's not the goalie's fault it's never the goalie's fault you can't expect him to make those saves but you look at Laurent Brassois, who robs Drysaddle with with the skate. Was that lucky? Sure. But you make the big saves. If you in this in this instant, if you are the final eight teams. This is the best of the best, right? You got you got to get those saves. The teams that move on, they get those big saves. Sergei Gabrovsky is making the big saves against the Leafs, right? <laughs> the Leafs were the better team the first two games, but Sergei Bobrovsky made the saves. You need your goalie at some point when you when the momentum is not going your way, when you are back on your heels, when you play a period like you did tonight, 
You need your goalie to have one of those magical games. And the Oilers, as we've seen, don't have a goalie. And again, Skinner played good in game two, but they don't have, they haven't had that steal a game type. Oh, wow. We've seen Skinner do it against Calgary in the regular season. I believe he did it against the Jets in the regular season, where you put together one of those 40 plus shots for the opposition and they just can't get anything by those magical games i believe aiden yeah. hill did it as well aiden hill looks really good but then we go to that thing where the oilers didn't test him at all like there is Look, nothing if we go back to the first period for a quick moment right there were so many chances galore for the oilers when it was still 1-1 i think like dry settle had three Big grade A chances just on one shift alone. A uh, couple went off the post. I think there was one save on that. But when you don't have that puck luck, you're absolutely right. You need your goaltender on the other end to save a couple, right? You're not getting a couple of goals that probably should have gone in. Mm-hmm. You need to have your guy bail you out a couple times too. And Stu is is good. I think if you look it's at this season. Mid. Yeah, if you look at him though, like this season... Without Stu, it's it's a wash, right? But you're right. He has to be a little bit better in these playoffs. Just during these playoffs alone, he's been incredibly mid. He's been pulled twice now. I, I yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I, I think I go I go back to Stu. I go back to Stu. For oh, yeah, four. though. I like yeah. watching Campbell. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, it's either just like pure luck. Like, I still cannot comprehend what happened in game four against the kings like it's unbelievable um i wanted to go to someone in chat night rome said the oilers need to oh no that's not the one that i was looking for. oh no the I, was latest the one, right? hill. I was talking about the aiden hill one where he said that hilly or no loney's the rogue hilly's been great uh except for the seven goal beating of the preseason and that's what i seem to remember again don't watch vegas every single night but i seem to remember people being really upset when he got injured because he seemed to be with their most consistent one of their best goalies and the most positionally sound was like he looked really really solid he wasn't out of position it's not like watching a jack campbell game where everything is a journey right he's all over the net you're just praying to god the puck hits him like aiden hill is very very positionally sound and it, it's a little scary look at you know if we're taking a quick detour mm-hmm. look at the goalie system in vegas right now right like thompson out uh Boussard now out hill is their starter quick is their backup like if you took those names just from the beginning of this season and you said, all right, here's here are the goaltenders that Vegas is going to go with all the way into the playoffs, you, you, you'd look at that and go, what? Everyone's mid. Again, like, none of these well, names stand out. Again, it's it's similar to Mitch Korn whenever he's with Barry Trotz, you know, on the island. They just, Samuel Varlamov came back to life in Washington. Braden Holpe was one of the best guys in the NHL. What Bob Stoffer likes to point out is in Vegas, they got Sean Burke. Sean Burke, what they call him one of the goalie whispers, and He's just, it comes down to your goalie coach. He's able to make these guys play phenomenally. doesn't matter who's in net. They seem to get a really good performance from all of them. So it, I'm not really, it doesn't matter who's in net for me, unless it's obviously Jonathan Quick, because then I'll be doing cartwheels. But <laughs> um, there was another one I saw from uh, Nicholas Ron. says, relying on two players in a power play only takes you so far. I mean, yeah, if the refs don't call any power plays, the others are kind of screwed. That's They generate, they work hard. But the game plan is work hard. Get the Knights to take a power play, score a power play goal, right? If they're not going to call the power plays, then yeah, you get screwed. But the Oilers will they they will be better and they will generate more penalties from the Knights. Um, 
moving forward. I'm not really worried about that. And I mean, yeah. those two players didn't score tonight. Warren Fogle scored tonight. They also have more depth uh, than they, uh, you know, than they ever have. And if you look at the high danger chances and just the shots, foreign shots against them there on the ice, like Costin had a pretty decent game. Um, yeah. The bottom six for the most part, like. Fogel, McLeod, Ryan, Clem, Costin had a pretty decent game. The where we fell short was with Hyman, who, you know, early on was struggling. Then you have the what happened to him knee on knee. Like Hyman's just beat to a pulp right now. He's yeah. he's playing like a shell of what he did, you know, early on but in the regular season. Talking about Zach Hyman and how much of a workhorse he is and how badly he gets punished sometimes. That's the thing that astounds me about Derek Ryan, right? Because he's He's also a guy that works incredibly hard. Every single game, he gets crushed against the boards at least once. And Derek Ryan always seems to get up. He always seems to go for his next shift. He was getting, uh, he was getting uh, a, a nice sort of drive into the net. And he absolutely just got wrecked because he got pushed into yep. Hill. Hill falls on him with the stick. And... My guy, Derek Ryan just got up and said, all right, I guess we will take this power point. I'm glad you brought that up because, again, early on in game two, who drew one of the calls? The second call of the night, the second penalty of the night took, it was Derek Ryan, again, working yeah. hard, draws a high-sticking call. So that's the key, right? You got to get in. You got to get in on the forecheck. And I know it's tough because Vegas' defense is better at moving the puck under pressure than Edmonton's. It's just the fact of the matter. Like, Alex Petrangelo, Nick Hag, Zach Whitecloud played a really good game. That's probably one yeah. of the goals that I would put on Stuart Skinner. That Whitecloud yeah. down way too early. I could see from my couch at home the, the amount of white behind his two shoulders. Like He had so much net to hit. He didn't hit. But again, this it's one of those games where early on, and I know we're kind of bouncing all over the place, but to me, it's a different <laughs> game. Leon doesn't hit the post early on. It's a different game. Yamo puts Absolutely. it in over a fallen down Aiden Hill to bring you back within a couple it's a different game. Like, there, the Oilers had chances. There was no polish. There was no finishing. The passing was off. The, the, we've seen these type of games from the Oilers before, and they just, just get so out of sync and out of whack, and no one can these Some of the best passes in the league cannot connect, and it's just, it's just unfortunate. It's weird because you mentioned it. I, I wanted to highlight during that white cloud goal where Skinner does kind of reveal a lot of net, and if if things just go a little bit differently earlier in that play white cloud essentially got all of that free real estate off of a bit of a pick play right yeah, so you well, saw fogel nurse end picked up, fogel yeah nurse ended up picking fogel as he swung outwards so then white cloud had all of this open ice and if warren fogel had just just gotten a little bit more stick on mm -hmm. there maybe that's a different story as well if and, it doesn't go and, to 3-1 it goes stays at 2-1 and, and you saw in the slot similar to how if they if it's just like if the Oilers got a little more sticks in there like when the Oilers were did get pressure it seemed like barbashev every single time they, there was a vegas stick at the last second just kind of poking the puck away there is a couple plays in the neutral zone not only were the Oilers passing and giving it away in the neutral zone because they couldn't beat the vegas structure when they allowed them to get set up because they took more time to transition i just saw mark stone a couple of times just completely pick the puck right off of Andrew. Oh, yeah. and go the other way in transition right like it's just blatant mistakes like what are you doing man and uh you night roman chat says it bets and it's something we've kind of said before hockey's a game of inches right there's so much parity you just never know it, it's two seconds you could have the two best players in the world in your team and you know they hit the post a couple times and next thing you know uh it's three nothing vegas right uh just because it is just that close of a game and these are the two best teams in the western conference like this is the one top this two seeds it. in the western conference that you have four playing eight 
or four play in seven like in Dallas and you have one play in two yep. in this call in this one so that hope that puts into a little bit of perspective uh and Nightroom says stone pick McDavid too yeah I saw in the in the yeah. offensive zone stone played really well and it's funny because early on Woodcroft seemed like he was chasing or yeah chasing that stone matchup because they they put they stone was getting the the he was playing on the third line I guess if you want to call it that and he was getting the matchup of McLeod, Ryan, Fogel, and they were actually doing relatively well against Stone in that matchup in Vegas. But then uh, Cassidy, and Cassidy is probably the best coach that the Oilers have played in the playoffs. Like Cassidy is a very, very, very good coach. A consummate professional, he's used to adapting and has... His adjustments are just next level. His adjustments are phenomenal. And he made made a number of adjustments and they worked to a T. Now the thing is, I do expect Jay Woodcroft to completely counter that and make his own adjustments and have a similar game. Now it's going to be funny. Do we have another domination by the Oilers? Do the Knights dominate? Who knows? But the Knights do have a chance to take the strangle. They have a chance to go up 3-1 to here. Uh, it's gonna be really interesting. You can't you can't afford to lose the next game. You gotta win. You're on home ice. You gotta win. You gotta win. And the the other thing is, what sort of game do you even play? Right? Like all of the intensity, all of the animosity that was at, there at the end of last game. This game started and all of it just sort of fizzled out. I mean, uh, I think uh, Nick, yeah, Nick M in chat brought it out. Vegas is a weirdly emotional but non-emotional team mm-hmm. like they'll get fired up but for some reason they just bounce back this game incredibly calm incredibly they're disciplined veterans they're all old you got how many captains yeah. right on that team you got jack eichel was the captain in buffalo alex petrangelo was the captain in st louis um uh, i know i'm missing mark stone, stone was the captain in ottawa <laughs> wasn't he not or no, no i think he i think he, after was he, he there was after not, carlson he was at least an assistant um yeah but i think i'm missing another carlson eichel or stone eichel Petrangelo. well stone's a captain of the vegas golden knights he's, what am I he's talking the about? current captain yeah exactly <laughs> um they you know, the Vegas Golden Knights are just a, their team of just veteran players that know how to bounce back. And I just like the Oilers. The Oilers are a veteran team that also does know how to bounce back. And I fully expect them to bounce back. Uh, and again, they have yeah. a great coach in Bruce Cassidy. We we can't highlight enough how much this is going to be a coaching battle. J- instead of on the ice, just in terms of adjustments in game and in between games. The Oilers do need more from uh, five on five from mcdavid and dry though i think if they're gonna win this series because again the only five on five goal tonight comes from uh, i believe from Warren the Fogel. only goal tonight yeah exactly came from then Fogel. you look at the last game um the i think it was one one five on five they just had a bunch of three two power play goals or three power play goals and a shorty right so that's was... four yeah so you had one five on five goal in game two one five on five goal in game three. You gotta yeah. pick up the five on five scoring against Vegas because I saw someone point out as the playoffs go on, there's gonna be less and less calls. You can't just rely on the power play. Um, but yeah, Bruce is a great coach and it's gonna be a fun series. Again, I'm not nervous like I was in the LA series. When they went down to LA in prior years and went down to LA this year, I was fuming. I was furious. This was a bad effort. Should I be frustrated at the effort? Probably should be a little more frustrated, but again, <laughs> I just have a str- such a strong belief in this team that they're going to bounce back. That um, you know, I'm not too worried. I'm like, I'm honestly, I'm very excited to see what happens in Game Four. And partially is also the fact that you're right. This is Team One and Team Two in the Western Conference, right? Last year, it, it gives me feelings of hey, Colorado getting swept by the Avalanche last year. 
it's a it's an experience where you look at each of the games all of them were close in this series none of the games are close but every single game feels like it it's worth so so much and I'm hoping that the Oilers, if they remember the experience from last year, if they remember what it was like going against this top, top competition, that they just bounce back, try and avoid, they avoided the sweep, but try and avoid losing this series to the Golden Knights. It's still a tough one because you are down 2-1. Next game, again, every single one feels like a must win now, right? Well, yes. But I just believe, and I see Phil and Chad, I don't know how Zach is not nervous, have to win three or four against a very good (laughs) five-on-five team. I just believe that they can do it. The funny thing is, the one thing that does give me pause, the only thing that would make me be like, ooh, um, well, because, you know, they have two five-on-five goals in the last two games. Besides that, in the third period, this was something they were talking about a little bit on the broadcast, there was no pushback. You got one of two avenues in the third period. Either you take it to the Knights all period and try and get yourself back in the game, or you take it to them physically, take a m- bunch of stupid penalties. Like, the time for Evander Kane to cross-check Alex Petrangelo in the face is when you're down by four goals in the third period. That's when the you third go. Period, the only guy who was first. doing that was Vincent DeHarnay, right? That's the only guy who was doing that. I saw Connor lay probably the second biggest hit of that period. Uh, it was none of the others. They were so disengaged. One thing that I think did, well, sorry, the one thing that did frustrate, let me, I'll say this real quick, was on that late power play, five minutes left. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, you could just see he did not care. He was so done with the game, right? You have an opportunity to at least plant the seed of doubt. I've seen Vegas against Winnipeg in their final game, 5-1. They almost blew it. I know Vegas. I know their fans have a tendency. They make games a little closer than they have to be (laughs) at the end of the game. Winnipeg scored two goals and brought them within like two or three when they were down by five. Like, you can't. This team isn't. They give up chances. They do. They're playing phenomenal defense. I know that we haven't seen the best from the Oilers yet, 5 on 5 I know that for a fact. I I just believe in McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. And yes, there's a firm belief too. But you you mentioned that. How how often Vegas has these swing back sort of games where you, they're winning by a big margin and then suddenly they start getting giving up more chances to the opposition. And- it's the same for the Oilers, Zach. Like, Every single team now is good. Mm-hmm. And if you look at these two teams, they are the best of the West. I am a little bit worried, but keep in mind, like I, I have full faith in Connor and Leon. You look at how Leon ended up playing in that third period. I kind of disagree. I think Leon is he's well, he he's took like not two as ex- frustration penalties. He took those frustration style penalties where Leon is not an openly, actively angry sort of guy. He oh, I disagree. Uh, uh, okay, okay. I think Leon He's is a... one of the easiest Oilers to make super angry. Like he... You can make him pissy yes but he's not a guy who's a, who's a chirper he doesn't go out and ch- yell at guys he will deliver a chop he will deliver that cross check where he fell down on a he guy two hands He'll- more people than any player i've ever seen on the oilers like he's giving them out left and right like you think about it, la there we Kempe. go yeah. he got a penalty after the oilers scored a goal for two-handing someone right like leon is but a pissy player and that's he the was thing angry. leon is leon is pissy and but he's targeted. not that He's he's definitely a guy who will get his chops in, and he knows how to get like under guys' skin. But he's not the actively shouty, angry type of guy. Because we you've seen 
from this series earlier on, Vegas is totally fine with responding to like a cane, a nurse, guys where they're, oh yeah, like keep mouthing, keep mouthing. This game, totally dead quiet. Get get to work, put the boots on. Nah. Dry sidle, that sort of chippiness where he's like, you know what? I am angry. You know I'm angry, but I'm gonna give it to you in a different way. I'm not gonna deliver it in the same way. I, I think, think that's one of the specialties of Leon. I don't know, man. You saw even early on, like he was hitting Alex Petrangelo left and right. Like Leon was playing very physical. He two hands everybody, like everybody. Yeah. He he made he turns his stick into a sword from medieval times. The guy goes left and right. But, but that's where I wanted to argue with your point, where you were saying, "Hey, they're they're not doing the physical pushback. They're well, not doing this but, sort of physical when they, aspect when they're, of the game. When they're down, you know, again by four goals in the third period. What 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 you expect from the Oilers, especially this group, where you know you saw at the end with twenty three seconds left when Vegas was down, they're just going out and causing a shitstorm. I mean, you saw right exactly. at the end, Darnell Nurse trying to start a fight with Brett Howden, right? You you kind of saw it. It was a little later I think, than I, I thought it, it would Hague, come. But... Or Hague, Howden, whatever. I, I don't... It, I... it didn't it, it didn't end up going, right? Because that's just not effective. And Leon, as a player, he knows that if, I'm, first off, not going to fight a guy, right? That's not my job. Mm -hmm. But my job is to get under player's skin in a different way. And he, thankfully, I guess, doesn't have that sort of spotlight on him where if he does something like that people start calling him a dirty player oh i've seen a yeah. lot of people call leon a dirty player trust toronto fans and calgary fans calgary okay yeah they'll very, tell you leon's very a dirty specific player. markets but i think he he has a good reputation across the nhl and at the same time it's so entertaining to just watch him go into that like petty pissy mode where he's like i'm i'm gonna make it bad for people but i'm not gonna do anything that causes a sort of like big target to be painted on his back like a well, cane did last game yeah and i think that i think what oilers fans are hoping at least with the vander can was that that was gonna make the oil uh the kind of the rent free rent free rent free yeah. right you thought vegas was gonna come out target Kane, take a couple stupid penalties but I'm sure Cassidy told them before the game started, like, we don't talk, don't look, don't even engage with the Vander Kane, like, just move on, yeah. play the game, whatever. And and clearly, the guy who took, ended up taking the stupid penalty was a Vander Kane. It wasn't the Knights. It, it ended up working to the Knights' advantage way more than it worked to the Oilers' advantage. Gotta be better 5-on-5. Five five. I really do think they can be better 5-on-5. Five five. You need better goaltending, regardless of who's in net. There will be adjustments made. Vegas has the chance to put Edmonton on the ropes or Edmonton has a chance to climb back and tie up the series. I, I believe they're going to tie up the series. That's why I'm not, I, I'm not, I just, I don't know. I truly, truly believe they're going to tie up the series. We've seen it once. We know, we know they can dominate the Knights, just like the Knights can dominate the Rose. We've seen them dominate the Knights. We've seen it in the regular season. We've seen it in the playoffs. I know they're capable of it. Aiden Hill gives me a bit of pause, but they're going to come back stronger again. The, what the things that you can't control you can i know we, we talked about leon playing pissed off whether how he's going to play whatever he's going to come out and he's going to try his ass off he's going to be the best player on the ice once again we really you gotta just pray that one of those rushes that connor makes and he goes all the way up the ice finally goes in for him because it seems like this entire playoffs like yeah there's everyone's speculating is he hurt is he not he just every time he makes one of those rushes up through three or four players it just seems like, you know, he's aiming for that five-hole shot that he was getting in the regular season, and it just seems like the goal, he's hitting the pads, they're making a save, and he's his shooting percentage is just kind of cratered a bit here. Yeah. You hope that can rebound really quick. You hope he gets a, a little bit into that little bit of a shooting percentage heater. 
Uh, and the, the another key, again, we kind of touched on it. It's a tiny bit, and I'm going to just do this before we wrap up. Ryan Nugent Hopkins needs to be so much better. Doesn't matter what happens. You need him to be an active contributor. He was one of the key factors throughout the regular season. When 97 and 29 did have a rare, rare, rare off night, he was able to be that facilitator. Uh, on the power play and even chip in at 5-1-5. Hyman, a lot better. And a, you need a lot better from Evander Kane. Those three $5 million forwards, you need a lot better. If you get that from them, you get Nurse just, you know, focusing on defense. I don't know what the hell he was doing on some of these goals. Then Full defensive core. Exactly. Just, just focus on defense. I, the way that mm-hmm. the puck transition will happen, right? This is the Edmonton Oilers. The puck transition will happen. Just focus on making the right First pass, focus on getting the puck out of your zone, and that's it. That's all you need to do for the mm-hmm. Oilers defenseman. I'd love to see Holloway. I'd love to see Broberg. But I'm just going to ask you, Dennis, before we go, because you got to wrap up. We've been running for a little bit a little bit too long here. Um, <laughs> and is there any one adjustment that you think Jay Woodcroft should or will make uh, going into next game in order to rebound type the series? No, no personnel adjustment, I think. I'd love to see Holloway like you mentioned, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think given the way that this series has kind of gone, you need your seven defensemen in there. You need that Vinny DeHarnay presence. I think it's just a mental reset. It's another situation where, guys, throw this one away. We're going to have to work hard. We're going to have to put on the actual work boots. We're not going to be gliding around in zones anymore. You're going to skate into corners you're going to hit guys you're going to actually try and drive pucks to the net if you just go with that sort of mental reset i think this team can clearly bounce back because they did it in game two Mm -hmm. tie up the series move back to to vegas game five yeah well i think if they can get better goaltending better defense better offense i think they do have a chance you know better forechecking better uh neutral zone play i think they do have a chance to uh win game four so yeah those are the adjustments that i hope they make i hope they make defense adjustments i hope they make offensive adjustments i hope they make transition adjustments i hope they make lineup adjustments uh and maybe even the goaltending now i keep stewing because yeah campbell just is literally a roll of the dice you never know what you're gonna get i don't trust it anyways we're gonna call it Thankfully, it was a 6.30 start a little early, uh, so we get to all head to bed a little bit early here. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Again, Phil Loney's, the, all the Vegas fans were very pleasant, so a lot better than Kings fans, so super happy to have you guys in the chat. Spectrum, Kaya joined us a little bit earlier on, too. I saw her talking about dry settle. Hit like, hit subscribe. Thank you very much for coming out. Hopefully, we come back on a much positive note because, again, you saw me as just very neutral tonight. I will be so much more devastated, so much more upset, so much more angry if they lose the next game. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but in that event, Dennis, where can they find you? On Twitter at Dennis Lee Y E G. And Zach, you can find me on find Twitter you? at ZWheel97. Uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Oilers lose the Vegas Golden Knights 5-1. to one. That's all from us. Stay safe. Take care. Have a great night.